0: I'm Eric Von Anken, weekend anchor at Local 6 WKMG. You are listening to the Mike Carra
1: Radio Show, I on Central Florida. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Mike Caron Radio Show, I on Central Florida, as we are here at Frank's Place, 146 North Clark Road in beautiful Okoe, Florida. And if it's happening in Ocoee, it is happening at Frank's Place. And what now is happening at Frank's Place is I am joined by Mr. Rick Stacy, who is the on-air morning personality of Sunny FM 105.9, as well as program uh, director, and apparently is the only person at the station with two names, apparently, both the first and last name, because you have, what is it, Domino, and Spider, and Paco. and. I never thought of that. You're right. So that that's that, that, that's pretty cool, and it's so great, uh, Rick, that you could stop by. I appreciate you taking the time and talking to us all about, about radio. It.
0: I'll give you the gas receipts. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and I'll
1: be gladly to pay them. It's, it's great you're here, but let's start at the beginning and talk a little bit about your career and, of course, how you got started in radio. Go. Ah!
0: Well, I went to FTU, which is UCF now, and um, I'm from New York, and I came down here, and I was broke because I was using, you know, college was expensive back then. I think the apartment I stayed in was 140 bucks a month, and uh, the entire year cost about three grand. Rough times. So anyway, so I saw this guy, Rick Davis, I'll never forget him. He uh, was um, spinning records at the college station, WFTU. Uh, I was working at Pizza Hut. I wasn't on radio yet, so I was uh, making about two two dollars and ten cents an hour and getting migraine headaches. I had all these football teams coming in, uh, running out on me. They, you know, they'd order like six, 10, 20 pizzas, and then dart for the door, and then I'd get docked to pay. So basically, I wasn't making anything. So I met Rick Davis one day as I was in the uh, the library, still there, the RTV building. And uh, Rick, I said to him, I said, "What do you What do you do for Where do you work at a radio station?" He goes, yeah, man. He goes, I work at WLOF, 95 AM. And I said, well, how much does that pay? I mean, is it like, you know, three bucks an hour, four bucks, he goes, 10 bucks an hour. My face, my mouth hit the floor. I was like, what? And I said, how do I get started? And I had already, you know, I'm, I'm one of those stories. I had already been doing radio shows on my cassette player at home in New York when I was 13. But this is years later, I'm 18 years old now. So when he said $10 an hour, I was determined, no matter what I had to do, lick the floors at the studio, I was gonna get this job. It was all about the money at that point. And then uh, I got hired by John Lander, who uh, if, if you follow radio at all, he's uh, he was the PD here at WLOF. It was the number one top 40 station here, not BJ 105. And I got the job and they paid me $8 an hour. I, was, I thought I was rich. And shortly after that, I got hired full time. Uh, I wasn't doing much and I was doing overnights and spinning records and stuff like that. Uh, before I went in, so I would do like Disney, Lake Buena Vista, I'd do like a, you know, like a, I don't know, high school party, and then I'd drive over to WLOF and do Midnight to Six, and eventually I moved to Y106, which is now XL106, doing overnights, and I fell in love, I mean, it was, uh, it's better than working, and it goes on from there, long story short, I've moved 14 times, I've worked in New York three times, well, I grew up there, uh, last stint in New York was nine years, and now I'm here. I can't t- couldn't take the weather anymore. So here we are.
1: Yeah, here we are. And uh, So tell us a little bit about, we understand it's your morning host, but as far as how did you become program uh, director of the station?
0: Well, it's self-preservation. I figure if I'm the program director, I can't fire me. And I have a right. tendency to, to, to get fired because... Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, not like, I'm not as much like that anymore because you get older and I guess you get wiser and you realize that it's not worth pissing off the program director or the owners or the manager and everything and lose your job over something stupid. So I don't do as many stupid things, but I do take chances and, and if you're going to be successful in this business, you got you to gotta take a lot of chances. Of course, it's changed a lot, you know, uh, to be a recognized talent and a highly paid talent now. Uh, It takes a lot more than it used to, not because the competition's better. It's only because there's that fewer slots, you know, thanks to uh, corporate radio, which is what's, you know, they own all the stations. So um, it was self-preservation. I figured I want to be the morning guy and I want to get away with murder, so I better become the boss, too. That way, you know, I can cover myself. And I've been programmed, as a matter of fact, at one point in my career... For about seven years, I was doing Program Director, Morning Guy, and the Imaging Director, which is the guy that puts all the cute things you hear between the songs together. So I was working 12-hour days
1: oh wow so yeah as program uh, director a program manager as essentially for our, I'm sure our audience all knows about that but essentially now you're in charge then of the total sound I mean you're in charge of the the, the music I mean there's like music directors and imaging directors but you're you're kind of like the big boss and what goes on the radio station then
0: yeah it, it, you know it's it's uh, rare anymore that anybody does what I do now they got um and uh, you know, programming by committee basically is what you can call it. Most companies. I'm lucky that at CBS Radio they still give autonomy to the program director. So I pretty much do the whole package. I don't have to uh, get everything approved. And uh, today's radio, pretty much everything is done by a, in a boardroom. A bunch of people get together and decide what's the um, what's the rattle least resistance. In other words, what can we do to be creative, but yet not piss anybody off, so it all comes out bland. What can you do in the, uh, in the corporate world and not piss anybody off? It's almost nothing. Luckily, where I work right now, they still understand radio. The president of the CBS radio division is uh, Dan Mason. He's an ex-disc jockey. My general manager, ex-disc jockey. So they all get it. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky to be able to be in, in, in those, um, you know, with these people. So, so I get to paint the whole picture, the imaging, uh, obviously decide what the morning show is going to sound like and what the rest of the day is going to sound like.
1: And uh, Rick, as you mentioned that, you know, upper management, as you mentioned, actually was DJs because we we, we know certain radio stations that there is kind of a clash where the the management isn't past DJ. So, I mean, you find that kind of refreshing because those guys know, you know, how how it is and they actually know the job uh, that, that, that you're doing and the DJs are doing.
0: Yeah, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of general managers that were in programming before. Nowadays, well, it's always been the truth though, general managers usually come out of sales. So all they know is sales. So typical uh, case, I've worked for, for those kind, typical case is they'll get a phone call and some somebody will say something, I heard something on the morning show and I was offended. And he'll run down the hall in a mass panic, uh, run into the control room. I, this lady's all upset. Whatever you did, pull it. Don't do it. Every, you know, because they don't understand. It, it, first of all, she probably didn't hear it. She heard it from a friend who told her to call in and complain. You know, there, there's always, when you dig down to the bottom of the truth of who's complaining, it's usually they heard it from somebody else who asked them to complain for them. Or um, or they misheard it, you know, and what I said or what any morning show said is not was what was actually said. So uh, general managers uh, come out of sales, overreact to that type of thing. So it's a difficult situation to work with that. But again, I'm so fortunate to work with program directors and peop- people, ex-program directors and ex-disc jockeys.
1: And we know, Rick, in a lot of situations is the program director, you know, is a fellow DJ. So, I mean, as far as the people that you work with and your boss do, it's probably a little more refreshing because they, they know you've got a show and they, they know that uh, you've got to do what they do That.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, they they, they they understand the workings of it. I mean, again, the environment has changed so much because, for instance, the radio station I work at now, um, normally, station this size would have 15, 20, 25, 30 employees. Uh, let me see. I got Domino, me, Paco, three, and then I got... Uh, that's it. I got three full-timers and two part-timers, th- four part-timers, so... It's a big difference, you know. So um, we have to take on, you know, wear different hats and do things we've never done in the past, like everything, you know. So in in that sense, it's changed, and they understand that.
1: And so, uh, being in radio myself, and here I'm operating a board. So essentially, then a lot of the DJs, I don't know if yourself, are board operators where they're operating a lot of the electronics as well, or.
0: Well, except for New York, where I did have an engineer for a little bit of time, most of the time you do operate your own console. I mean, you know, if you're doing a morning show, depending on on the situation, if you have a big morning show like I had in Atlanta, it's advantageous for you to have a board op, because then you can deal with everything else. I had nine people on that show. I had news, sports, producer, uh, partner, I had, um, uh, you know, the, the, the bit boy, which was the guy you You would beat on constantly hey, we need somebody to go out in his underwear in the middle of this zero degree weather and do this and you know, we'd have that. So we had like nine people on the show and I couldn't run the, the console and do that all at the same time. So I also had an engineer.
1: Oh, okay. You know what, Rick? We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back. My guest today is uh, morning on-air personality and program director of 105.9 Sunny FM in Orlando, Florida. You are listening to the Mike Carra Radio Show, Eye on Central Florida, here at Frank's Place, 146 North uh, Clark Road in beautiful Ocoee, Florida. And please uh, stay with us for our uh, next segment. Hi there. This is Brian Nelson, House of Representatives, District 38, State of Florida. You're listening to the Mike Carra Radio Show, Eye on Central Florida. Welcome back to our next segment of this edition the Mike Carra Radio Show, Eye on Central Florida, here at Frank's Place. Sports Bar and Restaurant, 146 North Clark Road in beautiful Ocoee, Florida. And if it's happening at Frank's Place, it, it is happening in Ocoee. And what is happening now in Ocoee is that I'm joined by Mr. Rick Stacy, who is the morning uh, show personality, morning man for 105.9 Sunny FM here in uh, our beautiful Orlando, Florida, as well as program uh, director. We want to talk a little bit about what you do as morning show host, but I understand that you've interviewed, of course I've interviewed a few interesting people but you've interviewed quite a few people as well and you have some stories you'd like to share here yeah
0: well uh, there's uh okay there's there's one in particular that was really um great uncomfortable and just weird all at the same time uh dan dan Aykroyd. we were uh, he was in the middle of uh filming um driving miss daisy in atlanta and i was on power 99 at the time doing mornings and um we were doing a promotion at a bar much like Frank's Place here and we walk in and there's Dan Aykroyd sitting at the bar. So uh, we walked right over to him and uh, you know we expected to get blown off like you usually do by those kind of people and he didn't. Uh, we said, hey Dan, you know, uh, do you mind if we talk for a second? And he was like, no, nah, sit down. He bought us drinks, nicest guy in the world, almost, well, you'll see in a minute, too nice. So. Uh, he bought us a round of drinks, and we started talking. We told him, hey, you know, we do a morning show here in Atlanta. Would you like to come on the next morning? He was, he was so excited. And uh, we were like, that's cool. He goes, uh, what time do you want me there? We go, well, uh, you know, I know it's kind of early, and we do that. you know, Because whenever you talk to these people, you figure they don't wake up till noon. So we said, all right, um, you know, if you could be in there by 7, that'd be great. You know, we do an hour, um, spin some of your tunes, tell some stories, whatever, Saturday Night Live, or, you know, whatever you want to do. It's Dan Aykroyd. You let him do whatever he wants. Right. So he comes up the next morning, seven a.m. He drives up in the most the oddest looking Mercedes. It's it's got every at the time. This was nineteen eighty nine, I believe, or eighty. So I don't remember. It was in the late eighties, and it had every technological advance you could imagine a Mercedes. I mean, he had the money, but he added on to it. It wasn't just things you buy at a dealership or. It was bizarre pieces of equipment. He had police scanners and everything, and then he had put gold ornaments on on the Mercedes. It looks like something from Ghostbusters. Gold rims. Uh, it had a gold uh, lion tiger thing in the front where the Mercedes um, thing used to be. Whatever that little you know. It was a bizarre looking car. Okay, so we he was coming up the elevator. and I go, I go you really decked out that car. He goes, well, I don't fly. No, he goes, no, I drive everywhere. I was like, ah, okay. So he made his car his living room, basically. That was a little strange. So he came upstairs. We did the interview. We took pictures. It was a fantastic interview. I never heard. I never interviewed anybody of that stature that had that gave us that kind of insight into Hollywood life and and Saturday Night Live and John Belushi and all those great stories. I mean, he was on for an hour. We didn't play one song. Uh, It was incredible. So it's about eight thirty now. He hasn't left. He's sitting in the back of the room, and he's laughing along with us. And we figured, this is very cool. You know, we're taking pictures and everything. Nine o'clock. He's still there. The show goes till 10. So um, we were like, Dan, would you like some breakfast? He goes, sure. So we figured, Dan Aykroyd, we ordered breakfast. And he has a great time. Finally, around 10.30, I get off the air. I'm off the air now. We're walking the hallways. We're all pretty tired. We want to go home. It's Friday. Uh, He goes, "Uh, well, show me around the station. This is like one of those cousins or uncles that come over to your house and won't leave. So... So now we're getting the idea Some this isn't normal. So um, Dan finally got the hint and left at 11 o'clock in the morning. Great. Cool guy, a little bizarre. Uh, it was a great day on the radio. So then uh, Monday morning, we're uh, on the air. It's uh, 6.30. We get a call from the security guard downstairs. And he goes, um, there's a Mr. Dan Aykroyd here for you. I go, what? He goes, yes, uh, Dan Eckerd, you know, the guy, the guy from the Ghostbusters, and I, I, he's downstairs? He goes, yeah, he's here to be on the radio with you. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So uh, we called, we, you know, we put him on the phone. We said, Dan, um, how you doing? And what are you going to say? We said, come on up. So he came up. Uh, you know, we had him do a few contests and stuff on the air, but now it was getting obvious. He's not going to leave. He's something not right here. Either he has no life or, you know, there's no shoot today or what. Um, he hung out till about 9 o'clock and got bored. I mean, we purposely ignored him after a while. You had to. And then he walked out. He was, and then he sends me a picture and a letter like a, a week later thanking us for everything we've done. Thanks for letting me hang out and everything. I mean, it was all cool and everything, but it was, it was just bizarre because most of these people want to leave now. They want to take the three or four questions. It was nice. Handshake picture out the door. Not Dan Aykroyd. So
1: we love him. I mean, it was just terrific. So, oh, fantastic! And was there another story or? This is a real short one. Uh,
0: Sophie B. Hawkins. Um, she had a couple of hits back in the, I think it was early ninety, early nineties. The one written by Prince. Damn, I wish I was your lover. And then she had a follow-up called Lay Down Beside Me" or something like that. Um, anyway, the story is when she did "Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover." Prince was big, and she had a big hit with this one, and we figured we got to get her on. This is is a girl that shot to number one instantly, and she's gorgeous, just absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Well, I don't know. We didn't have Photoshop back then, but I guess they did something because they would airbrush, I guess. And she came upstairs, and she had an 8 o'clock interview with Power 99 Atlanta, and she sits down, and uh, she's disheveled. I'm not talking drunk. Some, I mean, Bruce Wayne came up once. He was red in the face. He was he had drunk drank a lot. But she was just like she didn't take a shower in the last three days. She puts her legs up on the chair, which is fine, and and sits there. And we do a little interview. And during the interview, she starts farting. I'm not talking about. it. just I'm talking about. She's ripping them one after another. <laughs> and we're like, I mean, right in the. So so Sophie, uh, tell us how you met Prince. Hold on, let me roll up my sleeve. Wow. I mean, you thought, it, you, know, you thought you were talking to Rosie O'Donnell or something. No, this was, un- I mean, Roseanne Barr, it was unbelievable. And it wasn't just the silent type either. So um, that was just shocking to us. I don't know why, but still she was, uh, you know, she was very cool.
1: Okay, I well, just gassy. Yeah, just gassy. There, <laughs> except for that, it's uh, great. Well, now, Rick, I want to talk a little bit about the morning show. As I mentioned off the air, I personally like the morning show. I th- I think I think it's great. I think it serves a purpose. However, there's a radio station. I'm not going to mention that the name, but it, it promotes the fact that it says, you know, we don't have any silly morning show. We're music host. I think you know which one it is. And blah 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 blah. But I mean, as far as your thoughts, I mean, are you with me that there's a purpose for the morning show? I mean. In the morning, you just got to get jazzed, right?
0: Well, look, here. here's the morning show radio, personality radio, that's done within a music framework. It's probably the most difficult thing to do. Like, for instance, your show right now, Mike, you're, you're doing an interview. It's expected that we're going to talk for a half hour or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's expectations. In a music station, you have to build expectations. You know, uh, WMMO is a station that's been here for 25-plus years. They started out the way you hear them today, where they talk about... We don't all our music promise, we don't talk over the music, we don't uh, we don't have any personnel. Whatever they say, that's 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 their that's what they put out there, that's their expectation they've built. And now after 25 years, it's an amazing brand. It's not my kind of radio. I mean, it, it's basically a jukebox with pre-recorded DJs. Yeah. That's great. There's a there's an audience for almost everything, you know. So there's an audience for that. It's a large audience. And kudos to them for doing what they did. Um, in the morning, though, and it's, and it's more prevalent now than ever before, People, because when times get difficult like they are right now, people want to hear, wanna, they want companionship, you know. They want to hear something funny. They want to hear some topical stuff, some Hollywood stories, something, you know. They can hear uh, Honky Tonk Woman again twice more today, you know. And again, Sunny's a new station, so we had to build the expectations, and that's what we're doing in Morning Drive. Um, normally my morning show would be a big morning show I'd have four three four or five people with me Uh, I came here knowing that our resources were limited because of the economic situation and everything and it was just gonna be me and a producer so this may not be my ideal situation as far as morning shows but I do what I what I feel is best with 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 what I have which is what you have to do in this business you have to learn to adapt so um it's been it's been two years I've been on the air, and I can say that in the last six months I've been top ten. That doesn't sound like much to most people, but this morning show was twenty first two years ago, twenty one in the in the prime demo twenty five fifty four. We've been top ten now for six months consistently. You know uh, our competitors, uh, and I won't mention their names again, have deteriorated because you know I'm building an audience, and five years from now, uh, you know I'll be top five. Six, seven years from now, maybe I'll be top three. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm putting the best product I can out there with what I got to work with. And what I believe is entertaining, considering the other morning shows in this market, you have to, every market's different. You got your, you know, you have to go into a market and decide, okay, you got your um, Rim Shot morning show here. They do one-liners. You got your... Uh, Lifestyle morning show, they talk about their personal lives all the time. They play four records an hour. You got the MMO morning show, which doesn't do anything at all, and plays 12 records an hour, which is fine. And then you got talk radio, which is like 104. Um, They talk all morning, and they they don't necessarily do politics, but they're a talk radio show. So you got to find your spot there, and then you have to take that position and build it. And that's what I'm doing. So...
1: Oh, fantastic. Okay, uh, Rick, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back for our last segment. My guest today is Mr. Rick Stacy, who is the uh, morning uh, show personality, definitely the morning man on 105.9 FM, sunny FM here in Orlando, Florida. You are listening to the Mike Carra Radio Show. I on Central Florida at Frank's Place Restaurant Sports Bar, 146 North Clark Road in beautiful Ocoee, Florida, and please stay with us for our last segment. Hey, everybody, I'm weekend meteorologist Elizabeth Hart from Local 6. You are listening to the Mike Carra Radio Show, I on Central Florida. Welcome back to our last segment of this edition of the Mike Care Radio Show. Eye on Central Florida. Definitely have our eye on Central Florida as we are here at Frank's Place, 146 North Clark Road in beautiful Ocoee, uh, Florida. And if it's happening in Ocoee, it's definitely happening in Frank's Place. And what n- is happening in Frank's Place now, I am joined by Mr. Rick Stacy, who is a uh, morning man and morning personality for 105.9. Um, what are the call letters, uh, actually, uh, WOCL Wackle. Wackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Catchy,
0: isn't it? Yeah, kind of kick. Wackle. Yeah,
1: Wackle. There, there you go. And uh, Rick is uh, morning man as well as uh, program director and Rick, now we want to talk about we know that uh, sometimes, you know, you could, you know, you, you got to be yourself and, and you got to be a personality, but sometimes that isn't always respected by management and sometimes you could get fired and we want to talk a little bit about some of the times you were fired, and do you regret, you know, those reasons for getting fired, doing those actions?
0: Every time I've been fired, I got a better job with more money afterwards, and it's because you know you have to do, uh, you have to make a calculated risk, you have to push the envelope. Um, there was one place I worked at uh, in Denver, Colorado. I did mornings for six years there. By the way, beautiful place if you love skiing and and uh, outdoors, amazing. So. Um, we had a general manager that was a, you know, he was a bit of a holy roller. You know, he, has, uh, he uh, attended church, I think it was eight times a week or something like that. So he wasn't attuned to all the pop culture and really didn't understand a lot of the things that was going on. And I wasn't that young or nothing. I mean, I was already in my late 30s, early 40s. So the morning show there, we decided to call it The Big Dump. And I'm not referring to the thing where the birds fly around, although that's possible, I guess. But, I mean, you know, it, it was The Big Dump. We were going to call it the big steaming dump, but we didn't. So uh, the big dump was on the air for two years before one day <laughs> the general manager comes down the hall red-faced. I'm talking, he was. He looked like, uh, um, like a steamroller coming down the hallway. I could see the smoke coming out of his neck, and he's like... I want you in my office right now. And I was like, oh, crap. What do we do? And I'm thinking, we were really tired this morning. We didn't do anything offensive. So he he takes us in his office and he goes, I was at my parish hall last night. Do you know that somebody came up to me and told me what the big dump really means? And I go, "Um, all right. And and at this time, it's been two years. We don't even give a second. There was no thought to, like, what? We were going to upset anybody by the name of the show. So uh, he said... The big dump is feces. (laughs) Go. What? He goes. You're calling the show feces. I go. And we're number one, and and then he just lost it. And I'm on the con. Back then, you had contracts. You couldn't break. It was tough to break a contract. They don't exist anymore. So he just started banging on the desk out of frustration. And get out of my office. And and don't call it the big dump ever again. And blah, blah 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 blah. And of course, you know, I'm sure he was loving the fact that you know the revenue for that morning show was 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 more than the entire station made. So that's what saved us. So a few weeks go by, and this is right. This is probably close to the time when they wouldn't renew my contract. Uh, We used to have. This was a blue show I did. It was you know it was it was radio. It was FM radio, but it was you know we we pushed the limit. And uh, one morning we had uh, every uh, lots of mornings we had strippers on, and you know you name it. Whenever there was a lingerie show, we'd have those girls on. It was me and a gay guy, Larry. It was a lot of fun, man. We had a great time. Nobody on the air knew Larry was gay. Well, they knew he was gay, but he would never give it up. So it was it was that we'd always play off of that. And I'd try to convince him that he wasn't gay, but I would never say it on the air. I'd just bring girls in, you know, and he wouldn't get excited. Long story short, uh, the general manager writes a memo and says, no more strippers in the building." because Aww. at one point um i guess we got a little carried away there was three stations in the building and i don't know if you've heard of uh, craig carton he's at the fan in new york now he was the sports station next door right. i mean literally down the hall and uh, the sports station was horrible he's a great talent he's in nbc in new york now the fan but just just boring and i knew he was dying in there so we took this one girl completely naked paraded her down the hallway and plastered her up against the window of his studio and knocked on the window he turned around and he was you know everybody laughed I didn't notice but he's always had a guy as a board op this guy Sean he's always been there today for some reason lucky me he has a fill-in host a fill-in engineer and it's a woman and she's like related to the general manager so hence the memo no more strippers in the building how dare you blah 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 so the next day we decided all right well this was our big uh the next day we had a snowstorm forecast i mean freezing temperatures so we were thinking how we're going to get we had this this show special uh i forget what it was called it was a lingerie bikini contest or something like that so we couldn't have him in the building so we decided how we're going to do this and carlos mencia is going to be a guest too on top of it he was going to be the celebrity judge so here's the idea we came up with we got a um one of those hydraulic lifts you know what i'm talking not the one the ones where you see the guy in the bucket fixing the telephone wires but the one that i'm talking about the one that's more uh, like a stage it's huge it fits four or five guys looks like the ones window washers use so we put our studio face the parking lot of um i forget which bank they don't exist anymore and uh we put the hydraulic lift in that parking lot so it's only feet from our studio window window and we had all the strippers come up four at a time and dance on the hydraulic lift in pouring snow 28 degrees <laughs> and they would come up and carlos mancia would judge him and we uh, eventually got a winner the bank president who is a huge non-fan and huge uh was livid livid and at nine o'clock when we got off the air she was in the General manager's office again. There were strippers in my parking lot and a hydraulic lift, and they were... uh, Okay, so we got suspended for a week and eventually let go. But it was worth it. Carlos Mancilla, I talked to him two weeks ago. We had him on Sunny, and he still remembers that. For that, it was worth it. So...
1: Oh, do you have any strippers now on Sunny FM or no? No, that's not good. That's a little different of what you do. I'm too old for
0: that, man. Oh, you're too old uh, for for that. I feel Uh, silly. If I ever had to go into Rachel's, I feel silly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about, you know, morning show. You know, we're we're talking about, you know, things and, you know, doing kind of outrageous things and getting things upset. But what I'm wondering is, you know, being a morning man in the morning, on-air personality i think management knows that there's a certain expectations i mean you can't go ah, my name's rick and let's see i mean there's a certain expectation that they're expecting you don't, i don't want to say crazy things that's not right but i mean management kind of expects you to be you right
0: management is has a it's a difficult job i i for for short spans in my career I've only been the program director I think two or three years out of the 30 years God 30 years that I've been doing this So, and it's a tough job because what you got to do is you want to have a successful morning show that drives the rest of the day and a morning show that's successful makes a lot of money for the station makes the general manager look good you know at the same time, you don't want to be hearing from um, your boss. If you're the general manager, you have a boss. You have the president of the company, the regional vice president, blah blah blah. You don't want to be hearing from those people that some lady went berserk on his email or his phone, on his voicemail about how Rick Stacy or some DJ went crazy on the air, and you left a message for the general manager 10 minutes ago, but you wanted to talk to somebody in charge, and he should be thrown off the air, and all. You know, then all of a sudden, your job's on the line because you're responsible. Right. So I get it. So there's a fine balance as a general manager of what you're going to allow and how much freedom you're going to allow for the rewards you get, and and you know at one point you're going to have enough and go okay you know this is too much, but um, I have great respect for those guys. I couldn't do what they do. I could not do it. My job has always been to push the envelope, you know, because that's what I enjoy doing most. So. And I, and Sunny's a different situation. This is not a push-the-envelope radio station. Although we do, for an oldie station, this is a pretty racy morning show. Believe it or not, you know, you're not going to. Most oldies stations have morning shows that are basically 83 degrees. How are you this morning? Great day, and that's it, and uh, and that's fine. But uh, I, you know, I'd have to blow my head off. That's what I would have to do. So, and it's working
1: and that's funny you mentioned the, that, Rick, about being on an oldie station, because that was the first thing I thought. Oh, this is the oldie station morning show. It's going to be so-and-so, you know, that's been on the radio for 60 years or whatnot. And then I hear you, and it's like, this is cool. I mean, this is my morning show.
0: Well, thank you. You see, old. The, here's the deal. The, uh, things have really changed as far as uh, chronological age and, and mental age. I mean, most of us... Uh, are not offended by much. We grew up in an through the 80s, through the 70s. I mean, we've experienced a lot more than our parents and society's been a lot more open. And uh, I don't wanna say the word tolerated, but things are more acceptable now than they ever were before. So, you know, I'm not doing any, I'm doing what I believe is, I'm 55 years old. I'm not embarrassed by that. I'm 55 years old. I know what I'm like and my friends are like, I expect my listeners are pretty much the same way. You know, the, the ones who really enjoy the radio, the morning show are really the same way. Yeah, there's gonna always going to be, in any age group, there's going to be people that are so uptight that they get offended at, at everything. And being offended in itself, we can do a show on, on what that means. Being offended is a self, uh, it, it's, it's a Pavlovian uh, response that's been taught over years when you were younger. There's no organ in you that actually gets affected by what somebody says, and and all of a sudden you're offended, you know? It's different for everybody, so, but I I believe for my age group and the people who grew up with this music, I'm not very offensive at all, (laughs) you know?
1: Right, and, and now a question that I always have to ask, a little technical question. As far as the material, are you the kind of guy, kind of like me, that very spontaneous or, or sometimes, you know, you have to r- write down notes? Because I think people wonder, is, is it kind of going with the flow or is it planned out? Or
0: Well, this is the most planned out show I've ever done because I don't have partners. You, typically, you would have a partner, which is much easier... Uh, And I will say, to me, it's more interesting, but again, and we go back to the beginning of our program today, um, you work with what you got. I have me, and I have a a producer who's actually part-time. I don't have a lot to work with, so what I do, yeah, I'm spontaneous when I feel the urge, but I have a very structured show. We do the Sunny Update, we do Celebrity Trash and Bash at the Half Hour, and we do Weird News at 10 of and I work off of those things. things. I have the stories for each segment. What I try to do is I write um, comedy routines, Uh, much like Saturday Night Live, Jay Leno, and Conan, and all those people do, I do the same thing. If you watch those shows, I'm pretty much doing the same thing. I'll read the stories, I'll pick one out that'll lend itself to to either a song, some kind of parody song, or or a parody bit of some sort, or some kind of skit, and I'll put that at the very end. Keeps people listening, gets them to the end of the segment, boom, here's your payoff, back to a song you love. Uh, I've never done this kind of show before, but I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's different. So, um, yeah, I'm spontaneous, but it's more, um, it's more me and the stories rather than me and the partner. See, when I've had a partner before, it was more about our personal lives. And there's a lot of that on the radio here, you you know, so, uh, as opposed to what I'm doing right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing more of what the TV hosts do. I'm reading a story. I'm commenting on it.
1: And I understand, Rick, occasionally you do take uh, callers on on the air and bounce off them sometimes.
0: Yeah. I love to take callers. My show in New York at CBS FM was mostly callers. The problem is is, uh, I was on in the afternoon (laughs) and people just call, 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 call. In the morning, nobody calls unless you have a prize. People are busy, I guess. Um, uh, In every market I've experienced this. People are busy doing whatever they do, especially in this demographic. And unless I uh, tell them to call for a specific reason or a specific topic or because there's a contest going on, they don't call. So it's not as, it doesn't lend itself to the phones as much as, but I know one thing, the minute I say anything where I say call, the phones light up, all the lines light up. So I know they're there. So.
1: Oh, so I mean, you would encourage people if they did have a, an issue or if they didn't think oh, they that call. was right, they, they will call then.
0: Yeah. I mean, they most like, you know, some, some people are more apt to complain before they're, calling just to comment, you know, because, I don't know, I guess that's an American thing, but, yeah, they call uh, when when they feel that they need to say something about one of the topics, sure, they call.
1: Okay, Rick, as we get down to nitty-gritty, now, for our worldwide audience, now, I believe that uh, Sunny FM, the morning show, is broadcast on the internet, is that correct, or?
0: Yeah, all, all our CBS stations are on radio.com, cool. and on uh, CBS, on radio.com, and you can get it on your Android phone, on your Blackberry, uh, on any device, and, of course, you can stream it online at uh, 1059sunnyfm.com.
1: Oh, fantastic. Now, do you get a, a lot of listeners? Yes. I mean, do people call in from Minnesota? Yeah. Man? I just spoke
0: to a lady last night from uh, San Diego, California, and she listens to our show every morning. She's got her uh, iPhone hooked up, so she listens to us in the car. She doesn't like any of the stations that, that are in San Diego. And then there was another um, another guy that called yesterday, I forget, another major market called, and same thing, said, um, oh, Dallas. That's what it was. They have an oldie station there, but it's very boring. It's like the traditional oldie station, 73 degrees, how are you doing? You know? So uh, she called, and she was just ecstatic uh, to be able to talk to us, but she listens every day you know, like she would her local station, and she loves it
1: okay and of course this show being on internet radio but we understand that i i don't know they they even have like your cars were at the orlando auto show where you could actually listen to you know broadcast radio stations in your car so my question is do you feel threat that terrestrial radio is is threatened by internet radio or they can get i mean because you're on the internet as well being a terrestrial radio station do you believe the two could be in harmony
0: yeah mike it's the way you i mean it's pretty much what you just said i mean um Terrestrial radio, uh, first of all, believe it or not, it's still growing. Uh, we still have 93% of the audience that tune in because of the availability of our radio and vehicles at home and all that stuff. But I mean, we focus on it more like a, a content provider. We provide the the FM transmitter content, we provide streaming content, we provide uh, content to uh, our websites. And, um, and in some instances, um, Radio stations provide content to satellite radio at Sirius XM. So, I mean, we're content providers, so it doesn't really matter how it gets to the people. It just matters that it gets to the people and that the content is compelling enough that people will seek it out. So,
1: Okay, uh, Rick. uh, Well, we appreciate you stopping uh, by, and we want to let everyone know, again, the Sunny FM's uh, radio uh, website is, once again?
0: 1059sunnyfm.com. I'm on 530 to 9 every morning, and I'm also there all day. Well... I'm there all day.
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic! So you're 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 busy then after your show then you yeah you've got to uh, do all the 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 great thing. Like I said, the, the music is a big part of uh, what you have to do. Even even though you don't play a lot of songs, you you find that you do interact with the music in other ways then.
0: Well, I mean, I actually play uh, as many songs as our competitors play in the morning. The station itself. Uh, we play we're up at par as far as number of songs but we actually play more because some of our songs from the 60s are shorter right <laughs> so you know we squeeze in a couple of three minute songs here and there but uh, it's it's a look if you, if you if you love the 60s 70s and 80s um tune in i think you're gonna like what we do it's a little bit different than your typical oldie station uh we don't shave off the rough parts we play duran duran we also play uh you know steppenwolf you know what i mean we uh, a lot of stations what they do is they homogenize what they do in hopes of getting a broader audience. And you've heard the, you've heard the, the old adage, you know, um, you want to have people love you and hate you because they'll remember you that way. If you have people that don't think either of you love or hate and they're indifferent to you, they won't remember you. So I want
1: people to remember us exactly so we encourage everyone to check out uh, sunny uh, FM so uh, Rick uh, of course, course want to wish you happy holidays and uh, is now is uh, sunny FM doing anything for the holidays before we go here yeah
0: actually we are um, starting Monday uh, this this Monday uh, tomorrow or today whatever <laughs> you can edit it Uh, Monday we're uh, playing Christmas songs And as you know We got two stations in town Playing Christmas songs But we're going to play Christmas songs Yeah Songs that were top 20 uh, Christmas day Each year Uh -uh. So during the day You're going to hear like The number one song 1968 Christmas December 25th You know then 1981 The number one song Christmas 1981 So we're going to play Christmas music Oh, Just it, no sleigh bells,
1: right? Exactly. And I do want to add one antidote, which is pretty cool. That you also play on Sunny FM the old uh, Casey Kasem, uh, uh, you know, shows. Isn't and that, cool? that is it, it is kind of cool. And here's the latest by Foreigner. Here's the brand new yeah. band called Foreigner, The new number one.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's an amazing uh, talent. He uh, he was ahead of his time in so many ways. I don't want to go into explaining now, but uh, Casey's shows run Sunday morning 7 to 10 and it's really cool to hear because it's the actual show from that week on that week So you'll hear him say yes and today the, today's the first day Billy Jean hit number one you know from a man named Michael Jackson I mean it's just it's just cool to hear so
1: okay uh, Rick so uh, thank you so much appreciate you coming out any final thoughts or anything else we should know here.
0: No, not really. Just have a good time, whatever you do. I mean, you got to love what you do. If you're stuck in a job that you hate, man, get out of it. Life's too short.
1: Yeah, you definitely lo- love what you, what oh, you do. Absolutely. Yeah, you could definitely hear that. Uh, okay, my guest has been Rick Stacy, the morning personality on 105.9 Sunny FM, as well as a program director. You've been listening to the My Care Radio Show. I on Central uh, Florida here at Frank's Place Restaurant and Sports Bar, 146 North Clark Road in beautiful Ocoee, Florida. And please catch us again next time.